0: What is up, everyone? Before this episode, I want to tell you about the sponsor for this show. It is LVL.co Level. Level is a brand new way to bank with Bitcoin. It's not like an exchange where it's all about trading fees and it's set up like a stock brokerage or something like that. Um, It is set up like a normal bank that uses Bitcoin. Think of like a challenger bank like Chime or something like that. that uses Bitcoin natively and allows you to withdraw into Bitcoin. It allows you to top up a debit card that's connected to both your FDII fdic insured uh, bank account as well as uh your btc account um it is a really really cool app and they have zero zero fees the way that they make money is when you are actually banking with bitcoin when you're actually saving in bitcoin and living your life in a more bitcoin oriented way with level um, you're going to need to get access to some fiat you might want to use your debit card with your level account and every time you swipe Swipe that card at retailers you they make money, they also offer premium services that can give you yield uh, that can uh, give you uh, this thing called autopilot that can give you thirty percent off Bitcoin network fees uh, so uh, that is an additional uh, charge if you want that. but um, outside of premium and uh, making money on the debit card, uh, all of their services are absolutely free. You can create an account for free, you can buy Bitcoin for free you can withdraw that bitcoin for free other than paying literally the bitcoin transaction fee that sends it from their wallet into your self-custodied wallet and they have a ton of other amazing features planned i know that one of their awesome features is going to be depositing your entire paycheck into level and then let's just say uh you want to do 50 percent bitcoin 50 percent cash that you can just automate that so every single time you get paid in fiat it goes 50% Bitcoin, 50% cash, 70% Bitcoin, 30% cash, whatever. So, um, awesome, awesome features coming from Level, free trades, free withdrawals, free everything on buying Bitcoin. Uh, very excited to be repping them and telling you more about their features as we go. Enjoy the show. What is up, Bitcoiners? This is CK Snarks, and this is another episode of Bitcoin Magazine Podcast. I'm here with an extremely patient and talented group of Bitcoiners from the Mint Gox team. We have Desiree Dickerson, also from Lightning Labs, Simon Cowell, also from Bitstamp, I guess Bitstamp and Zebedee for, for Simon, and then Christian Moss is all Zebedee. These guys are rock stars in the Bitcoin, Lightning, and Gaming sphere, and I'm really excited to sit here, pick their brain about why gaming is such a fertile ground for Bitcoin and Lightning adoption, and just get into how cosmic this capability can, can kind of take both Bitcoin and Gaming Let's just start off with diving into why why Bitcoin and gaming. Why are you guys taking so many resources to investigate this area? Uh, I want to start off with you, Christian, since you're kind of like the OG Bitcoin gamer.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Sorry, I'm just having a strange feeling of deja vu. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Inside joke there. So yeah, I've been. I kind of started playing around with Bitcoin and gaming way back in 2013. I was kind of like a game developer, kind of indie developer. And I heard about Bitcoin and then, you know, I just thought it kind of made a lot of sense. As a a game developer, um, you really, you know, I became a game developer because you get a lot of creativity. You can create characters, you can create worlds, you can change the laws of physics inside a world. The only thing you can't really be too creative with was money. And I was building mainly for iOS at the time. And the only thing that you could do was an in-app purchase, you know, Apple didn't even let me do subscriptions, you know, the kind of subscription model. They didn't allow that for gaming. So I thought if I could use Bitcoin in a game, I could, I could start to kind of be a lot more creative and start to play around with new concepts and ideas. And that's kind of where I see the appeal of Bitcoin in gaming. You know, obviously there's a lot of kind of low hanging fruit, you know, basic paying with Bitcoin instead of paying with a you know, card or replacing ads, etc. But I think there's also... A lot of cool things that we haven't even thought of that once we give other developers the tools to start to play around with programmable money in a programmable world, I think we'll excited to see what kind of new concepts and paradigms that
0: will come out of it. Awesome. And let's go to you, Desiree. I mean... Obviously, Simon and Christian work on Zebedee, which is a Lightning gaming company, but your foothold is a lot more in Lightning as an infrastructure. Can you talk about why you're so interested in gaming in particular?
2: Definitely. I am obviously uh, more on like the business side of things at um, Lightning Labs and... I, a while ago, last year, you know, I was giving some talks and really focusing kind of on Lightning use cases. It was something that was coming up a lot. You know, how can this actually be used in real world applications? And so I would kind of just break it down. It's kind of actually similar to the way that Oleg from Folger Ventures, like recently kind of mapped out the Lightning ecosystem. And obviously, kind of, obviously one of those spaces um, was gaming. It was one of the ones that... I really enjoyed speaking about the most specifically because I think it's just a very logical and inevitable on-ramp for like bringing abor- on board like, new users to Bitcoin and Lightning. People are hesitant to spend their own money on Bitcoin for the first time. Really, like, a great way to get people on board is to allow them to earn Bitcoin. And obviously, games are a great way to do that. So um, I really just got excited around, you know, things that people were doing in the space. Donner Lab with Bitcoin Bounty Hunt was really cool to see folks who have never played who have never bought Bitcoin before and are playing Bitcoin Bounty Hunt and are directly onboarding to Lightning. You know, they're not, like, going to cash app or coinbase and buying bitcoin for the first time they're going to a lightning game and earning bitcoin that way so for me i mean i didn't come from specifically the gaming background but for me it was really a play where it's like hey obviously my main job is lightning labs and we focus on the infrastructure but you know how do we get Bitcoin? How do we get lightning out to the masses? And Lightning is the use case this is the most interesting to me. And now it's become more of like a an obsession and something that, you know, I love to work on with these guys. So that's kind of really the value that brought me here anyways.
0: Awesome. Very thorough. And then I mean, let's let's jump to you, Simon. Like you've been in Bitcoin. Like Christian for quite some time, obviously, kind of going from the exchange side of things and now into gaming and Lightning. What intrigues you most about Lightning and potential for games?
3: Yeah, so for me, it was I, you know, I, I could certainly see there's a lot of great work being done on the plumbing and infrastructure, so that you can use Bitcoin in places where you could already use Fiat. But for me, it was a case of you know, what are the what are the new use cases and behaviors you could have with a programmable digital currency? And the answer is, you know, activities in programmable digital virtual worlds, i.e. games. You know, so instead of making, you know, discrete payments that, you know, have to be a significant size, like micropayments don't really work in, in fear. But, you know, in, in a game, you can have just, like, you know, sats value flowing around for different types of interactions and behaviors that weren't previously possible. And we can talk a bit about that when we, we kind of talk about some of the Mink Gox games and, and innovation that Chris is doing. But, you know, for me, I, I truly believe that that this type of gaming economy will will come to, like, outsize the real world economy within our lifetime and the, in, in the near future, in, like, the next five to ten years, where, you know, whereas when I was a kid, I earn my first pocket money doing a paper round. I think that you know kids are going to earn their pocket money playing playing computer games, and that's going to be their first you know introduction to finance. So I think that's 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 how Lightning is providing a really valuable addition to gaming. And and now we've you know reached that point where okay, now it works. Now now we can do it.
0: So one of my favorite books is The Sovereign Individual, and I mean it's a famous it's a favorite and famous amongst lots of Bitcoiners. But the key premise here is that. The world's economy, the most most important parts of the world economy is going to be uploaded into the Internet. And we've kind of seen that. And in the book, they call that the Internet needs a digital cash, needs this kind of na- digital native money. And as that Internet economy kind of grows, so will that money. You know, gaming really seems like one of the very first native places where the world is like completely digital. Do you guys think about these kind of like high level concepts about, you know, this fully digital world at all? Like, what does that make you feel? All right, let's let's just go back to to Simon and then maybe we can bounce off from there.
3: Yeah, I was just gonna like get down my copy of the sovereign individual from my shelf, but then all my other books would fall down because it's right in the middle of a stack. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I I come from the same position that I think we're talking about totally new behaviours. It's not just e-commerce, which is you know doing normal commerce, but you can buy stuff on the internet. It's it's everything is purely digital. right? Like the interactions are digital, the assets are digital. The com- companies are all digital it's a really it's a new type of of behavior and economy that we're building that is you know kind of parallel to the to the real economy so i'm 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 pretty excited about it i don't think you know we're going to get like maybe we're not going to get a metaverse in the way that you have in ready player one but i think we're going to have a lot of you know a lot of value that's going to be created in environments and worlds that are that are purely digital, and and Bitcoin fits that because it is like the most important thing about a digital currency or a money is that other people value it and will accept it in exchange for goods and services. You know, Bitcoin has you know sixty to seventy percent of the entire crypto market cap, so it makes sense for us to just focus on, on that right now. But you're going to get you know entirely new types of jobs and businesses that could now be built. You know, whether it be offering you know in-game services or designing skins for the, for people, or you know, getting streaming payments for like assassinating you know someone else in a game for bitcoin like you know th- that's the, the type of thing i think we're going to get rather than just you know selling you know teacups or flowers on the internet or something
0: Desiree, do you ever think about the sovereign individual do you think about the this the internet economy often when you think about you know pushing lightning with gaming
2: yeah i mean the thing that really interests me so much is just kind of like the evolution of social networks and like that's where i kind of see gaming in general going i mean we're you know, already seen that so much, like kids these days are like, you know, that's how they interact with friends. And, you know, it's really just kind of been propelled forward by COVID and quarantine. And so, you know, I think as we're pushed more and more to interact virtually, not only just socially, but also through work, like, you know, we're going to be exploring these new worlds, you know, yes, we're transacting socially, but like, you know, the money is always kind of the next thing. That comes into play in of value. So I think in that regard, like, you know, this is this is kind of inevitable. And I think Bitcoin is on the forefront. And I, that's really kind of what we're starting to explore with McGox is like getting ahead of that, and, you know, seeing how we can can experiment with kind of the state in which things are right now.
0: Cool. And I love I love that you bring up the social aspect. And, you know, anecdotally, looking at my little brother, looking at even people in my generation, you know, younger millennials, they very much interact in, in the game sphere. Some of my best friends, they keep up just by playing, you know, video games. Christian, do you have anything to add there? And, like, do you have something to build off of maybe, like, the social aspect of gaming and why it's such a fertile ground for Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, well, I think kind of agree with everything that every- everybody said like i think again it's just really it's a no-brainer as the world becomes obviously this year has been a bit of a setback well maybe not like the world becomes more global uh, and maybe this year has kind of made it more global in the digital aspect people are kind of meeting online a lot more than they would have you know even i guess before so i've kind of lived in a few different countries and you know a lot of friends from different countries we kind of get online and we play an online game together to try and keep in touch but now we're kind of doing that in the same country with people that are not far away. So I think it's entering the zeitgeist more and more that, you know, kind of there is this, you know, you have, you know, a presence online and online is a place where you hang out and socialize more. And it kind of goes hand in hand that, you know, that online would need some sort of universal programmable open money, you know? Um, So, yeah, I think it's kind of a no brainer in that respect.
3: I think that things like Among Us has been really good because now old people understand what it means to like socialise in a game <laughs> rather than you know having to kill each other. Um, so yeah, you know, the tide could turn faster than you know than you think. You know, once that acceptance from an older generation, but by, by older I mean like you know my age, like thirty, thirty mid thirties plus. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I don't know anybody you know who isn't elderly who doesn't really play a game in some sort of right you know it's just
2: kind of it's also interesting it's like you know it's becoming part of just like normal interaction like gaming is because of you know the virtual sense like even at lightning labs yeah like we do have like a huge contingent who is into gaming but we are a remote company but we used to get together every six months in person but you know now we're like starting to do some of those like longer like less work focused meetups in games you know we like all hung out like, very frequently in Animal Crossing on each other's islands when that first came out, and a lot of our, like, team events, like, we'll do, like, we'll all play Among Us and, like, those types of games and stuff. So I think, like, you know, it's it's strange to see, like, gaming kind of reversing into, like, everyday life. So I'm, like, kind of excited about the potential there, too.
1: Yeah, I kind of like to see it, though, in a way. It's a, I think that's what kind of people did before, right? People got together and would play games right you know remember as a kid you know when I guess online gaming it wasn't a thing but people would get together and play cards or play monopoly and i spoke about this at the at the lightning conference the, logo, the other year but kind of you know it was common to kind of make those games a bit more interesting by you know you you're an adult you might put a bit of money in there you know I used, to, I used to do a poker game where everybody would it wasn't really gambling but everybody would like just put ten dollars in and at the end the person would get all the ten dollars. It just makes the game a bit more exciting. And as a kid I would do the same thing but with candy. So I kind of think this concept of getting together and socializing over a game with kind of a value transfer in it is it's it's kind of what we've always done. And in a way that kind of has that that, that concept when games became digital, that whole concept just kind of got perverted because the only way to do kind of the value transfer was through like in-app purchases so it kind of lost that aspect and now i kind of feel with lightning and bitcoin we can really bring that kind of that gaming kind of cash deal back to where it was but now in you know a more open transnational digital realm
0: never ceases to blow my mind you know how much bitcoin is kind of about reverting back to the old way right like it cash was never available prior to this. And, you know, the way that the internet and, you know, gaming infrastructure kind of developed because of the lack of cash or e-cash or cash trustless money on the internet, you know, it kind of went in this direction that I think lots of people in the Bitcoin industry are, you know, fearful of and they dislike. And, you know, the fact that now Bitcoin can plug in to the incentive structure as this like open source money standard that anyone can kind of plug into it presents itself as an opportunity to almost like fix the broken internet and allow the the digital realm to kind of move on to the next point to stop being tethered to this traditional analog system i see you uh nodding simon <laughs> did all that gibberish like mean yeah. anything to you like yeah it did i'm just trying to think of something clever to expand on. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I would found, you uh... Like, I mean, you guys have brought it up in the pat like earlier in this call, Christian talked about developing an Apple and then obviously the App Store having really broken monetization and very, you know, they, they, they put their hands in every, every developer's pockets really heavily. You know, other forms of like weird incentives and ads and stuff like that that kind of make the internet gaming experience suck. Like for me, like I've tried to download just a fun, normal game on my iPhone. I try to pay for it and there's nothing there. Everything is freemium now. Everything has to do with you know, watching ads and whatever. So I guess, do you guys think about can Bitcoin fix gaming? Is Is gaming broken? Yeah,
3: I, I think the what our hope is that, it, it will, you know, this will help spur or continue to spur the revolution that's already happening in indie game development. You know, the tools for, for indie game developers are getting pr- pretty powerful, but, you know, all the publishing platforms are, you know, uh, you know, walled gardens and the distribution, you know, mechanisms. But, you know, once you have the tools for, you know, an indie game developer to develop a great, you know, Browser based game where people can like earn a lot of money playing it, it's really popular, then that gets around the walled gardens that already exist. And then, you know, people want to follow the money then. And then, you know, Apple and whoever else have to start to kind of open up and uh, accept the new paradigm. So it's definitely empowering in, in, in that way. I mean, you could produce a game that could make you know a staggering amount of money for you and the players who are playing with it and you know the existing power structures will then you know can't ignore it Uh, epic has started this fight but i think that we can help take this to the next level
2: i mean it's really just like a total it's it's just in parallel to like everything that's happening in every other industry like obviously bitcoin's like fighting the financial industry like there's all these like you know, super players who, like, hold all the power. And so, I mean, like, it's not just in gaming. It's just, it's not just in finance. There's so many, you know, it, there's just, like, so many areas where, you know, Bitcoin is just kind of ripping apart, like, the world as we know it for the better for most people and allowing us to rebuild, like, you know, a more, like, fair and equitable structure for every every aspect of life.
1: I think a lot of it was kind of technologically Driven. So kind of gaming in a way, there's always been kind of two sides of gaming. You kind of had the walled garden gaming experience, and then you've had like the open gaming experience. And that would be something like mobile games and console games compared to kind of PC games, you know. And you kind of see a lot of the innovation happening on the PC games with mods and things like this. But it's, all, it's you know, and up until now, it's been generally quite a complicated and expensive kind of thing to get into, which is hence, you know, why like console games and, you know, mobile games have been more popular But I think we're starting to see that open up a little bit more. And as Simon said, browsers are becoming a lot more capable of playing games. One of our games at Mingox is a browser game. And we kind of chose to do that because of the freedom it gives. So I kind of think that once we kind of have these, you know, developing games is is becoming more open and playing games is becoming more open and money itself is becoming more open. You kind of have a holy trinity there of kind of (laughs) things to kind of really take it to the, the next level, I suppose. That's what I'm excited about.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, obviously, Bitcoin's never going to come to like any console anytime soon. I mean, it's like the app store is really difficult, you know, for a lot of folks. Like Jack at, at Thunder Games um, is kind of always fighting that battle. But, you know, I, I think like moving towards like browser, like Bitcoin's forced to like operate within kind of these confines of like browser based games and, you know, outside of like these walled gardens of consoles. So it's like, I also think those are the areas that have a very low barrier to entry. Like there's so many people who can't access like, you know, the new PS five, you know, they, 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 that's just like either one, like it's it's not feasible or like, you know, they're not interested. I know lots of people my age who would love to play games, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not throwing down like 500 bucks for something. I'm just going to do casually. So like, you know, if we kind of move towards browser based games, I think we can kind of, start targeting like a a larger audience as well. I mean, you're seeing that with like, you know, Among Us, you know, it's just so easy for people to download it and get involved. Like obviously still in the app store, but yeah, I think gaming is going to become for more than just gamers, especially when you, when you, (laughs) when you enter in the, the ability to win Bitcoin.
0: So, I kind of want to build off of this, because I feel like this is a theme that all three of you have kind of brought up. Like, gaming is becoming a viral part of our culture. Maybe it it always was, like, obviously, like, analog games, but now... Like, again, you think of people that are, you know, millennials, older, or younger millennials, they grew up gaming their whole lives. And now dad's game, you know, dads are addicted to video games. So like video games is like this viral thing that's already happening. And now there's an opportunity to kind of like add Bitcoin to that and to allow Bitcoin to benefit from gaming's viral rise, right? So can you guys talk about like, how you guys see gaming as a way to get bitcoin into people's hands and i know you talked about it a little bit but i mean really like if you guys can successfully you know build bitcoin into the stack that everyone builds games on top of like you know that's like gasoline on bitcoin's virality as it is like bitcoin's a viral technology and you guys could be strapping it onto probably the the next most viral thing in the world so i'm I'm just kind of curious like what's the vision there and let's let's jump to you simon I
3: mean, so right now for people to get Bitcoin, what you have to sign up to an exchange, do KYC, AML, you have to already have some wealth that you want to exchange for Bitcoin. I mean, that's the real like, difficulty right now is that you actually already have to have some wealth or like, be willing to stack sats and save. So with with gaming, the way that most of the games you know that we're that we're building or people around us are building is that you can just you don't need any Bitcoin to begin with. You just need to play. You need to work in the games, and you can start acquiring tiny bits of, of Bitcoin and you know i'm I'm pretty sure that within the next year, like if you're a really good gamer like you know it could be just some like fourteen year old kid in Venezuela like on it all the time, they could probably like earn themselves a you know enough to live on you know w- within a year, you know whereas most people would just be like, okay, this is just a really easy way to get it, so you play you know bitcoin bounce or you play you know chris's yeah star which is is being you know revamped and re-released you just play that and you acquire bitcoin you don't have to do anything until like you finish oh wow i got this bitcoin now i can just like you know put it in a wallet so i think that's it's just like completely removes the friction you don't even need to like be interested in bitcoin in the first place it's just like a cool new game so i think that the the on-ramp then you know just increases massively. Like, I don't really know how to put a number on it. Like, because I think that the people who are interested in like investing and saving and trading, like, it can't be more than 10% of the global population. Like, it, it's maybe much smaller. Like, so you've got like that whole rest of the population now that has a good, easy way to get into Bitcoin and something that they already enjoy. That's how I think about it.
1: Yeah. Like, so I kind of had experience with this. So maybe we can get into this a little bit later. But my first game, like in 2013, was a game that if you played it, if you played the game, the game would kind of throw Bitcoin at you. Yeah, I had like some interesting case studies. I, used to have, I had like a kid in Afghanistan who would play it on like an old Android phone and he was like earning like, wasn't a lot of money but I think about $20 a month, US dollars and that's good money for like a kid in Afghanistan, right? You know, so I thought that was a quite interesting story and you know, and just for, you know, just the concept that like there have been games where you can earn things, you can earn like kind of game points, but kind of to earn something that doesn't belong to the game, I you know, Bitcoin is this kind of thing that has its own value outside of the game. I think that's kind of a first. And yeah, that game was doing really, really well. The only reason it kind of had to stop it was just because of scaling issues. You know, it literally, I just couldn't. You know, just, just it, you know, well, the scaling issue made it too expensive to kind of send out these kind of small amounts. But, you know, here we are. Lightning's here. That's what I was waiting for. And the game is getting approved by Apple. We actually had a call with Apple and they decided to approve it. So we'll be re-releasing it again. So it's going to be a lot interesting to see, to kind of pick up where I left off back in 2015. I, think 15 I stopped it. So quite excited. And yeah, I would love to kind of allow people to kind of play with Bitcoin and get onboarded into Bitcoin in a in kind of a zero risk kind of way and kind of start to be educated as well. And not just for getting Bitcoin, they can also kind of, you know, improve their gaming experience as well. You know, we can kind of like put a dent, a big dent in kind of the in the evolution of gaming as well.
2: Yeah. I love the idea of like taking your value out of the game. Like I've spent so much money on Farmville in college, <laughs> like I mean, I was broke, and I would just dump money into Farmville, and it's like for what? You know, I mean, I got like it was a li- nice stress reliever, but like if I could have actually earned money in Farmville, like I would, I would be so rich, and I, yeah, I probably wouldn't be here. But. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, there's also a skill aspect. You know, it's not obviously kind of. This is kind of a crude kind of like first. Iteration of you can kind of you play a game and then the game kind of throws money and that money is kind of funded by ads or kind of sponsors or whatever. But I think well you'll start to see real economies develop. You know I know that I think Animal Crossing has this in kind of a black market kind of way to some extent. But a lot of games, a lot of people make content for games for other users. So you might you know you could live in a country where it's difficult to find a job or you could be too young to get a job. But you're quite good at making skins, for example, right? You know, you're quite good at doing these kind of things, and then you can start to sell your kind of in-game products for, for Bitcoin in the game, right? You know, um, so hope you know, I kind of think it'll kind of evolve to kind of more, I suppose, interesting economies. You know, will start to open
0: up. So, so I think
2: it's like Nippon. No, there's like a full-fledged marketplace for Animal Crossing. Yeah. And
0: stuff. Well, it's like Mitt Gox started off as a Magic: The Gathering exchange, too. And I know that that's physical cards, but I feel like there's something yeah. kind of poetic about that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, Christian, you brought up the point, like, obviously, on-chain Bitcoin gaming can be pretty difficult. Like, I could see a world where, you know, companies kind of have their own proprietary Bitcoin wallet inside the game and then You know, they have batch transactions to let people withdraw, but that's probably just not very nice for micropayments. But now we, you know, the emergence of Lightning, obviously, you know, Lightning Labs kind of pioneering LND, and now there's a lot of different clients and different ways that you can interact with the Lightning network. Uh, Do you guys want to talk about, like, Lightning in general, obviously, all three of you guys are heavily involved in developing on Lightning. You know, where do you see Lightning going from, like, a usability and network perspective? And, you know, why why is kind of having this, like, instant settlement payment layer so important for the game use case? Let's go to you, Desiree.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Inter- super interesting. Which we should also talk about the Zebedee wallet since you mentioned, like, gaming wallets. Because it's absolutely beautiful and everybody should download it and get their gamer tag, mine is Des. if people want to send me sats. Um, so that's just my little plug for the Zebedee wallet. I mean, I think, like, for me, the interesting piece is, like, the micropayments and just, like the, instant, like, the instantaneous part about it where, you know, there's, instead of just rewarding one to three people for getting the top three prizes, it's, like, pretty novel that, like, there's people who are winning, like, 10 sats, and they are just so incredibly pumped about it. I mean, I know in Bitcoin balance, like they have like, I don't know, I think it's like 14,000 like monthly active users and people are just pumped about winning a few sats. So, I mean, I think that's that aspect of it is going to just like really drive engagement. It's like you don't have to be the absolute best. Like for me, it's like, I mean, I love gaming, but don't necessarily have all the time <laughs> to like sit around and play like Turbo 84 or like I mean, I would never be competitive at Bitcoin rally, but you know, it's worth me playing because like I might just win a few sats and like, hey, Bitcoin goes up to eighteen K and you know, we're giving away a decent amount of money at every Mink Mink tournament now. So yeah, for me it's like, you know, the small like the ability to out all players that I think is really is, is another aspect. There's so many unique aspects to that, but to this, but I think that's going to be really interesting for driving kind of
0: engagement so very much a a micro payments kind of driven thing maybe a new paradigm enabled by that let's go to you simon
3: yeah i mean it's not just micro payments just it's like payments isn't it that are too small to put on the main blockchain i mean so as you said like you can have these tiny interactions which are really important to make the games work and fun and you know des mentioned our wallet which is a custodial wallet so you could use that but then payments would just be in within our world garden the whole point now with lightning you could you could use a different wallet or you could be running your own node for your own game. And so it's interoperable with what we're doing. We don't, you don't have to just use our world garden. And this is this whole point about, you know, the entire internet can take part. They don't all need to like sign up and use our service. We're just making it easy. And so and without Lightning, you wouldn't have that... That interoperability, that ability to manage your own money and to, you know, build your own like software and infrastructure. So I think that's really important for then mass Bitcoin adoption for this, you know, new, new paradigm where Bitcoin enables new activities on the Internet. It means it's not just like, you know, a custodial coin that can only be used within one, one entity because it's too expensive to transact yourself.
0: Awesome. So you we, we got micropayments. We got interoperability slash open standard. Why lightning is important. Chris. Why don't you cl- close it out? Why, why lightning for you and why is that so important?
1: Oh, I was just going to agree with Simon's point. I think I, I heard it on one of the drinks in quarantine shows. I actually heard it quite a lot. I think I was speaking to a guy from Unity about is it. like why do you need lightning why can't you just use like you know a centralized game coin you know or why can't you just use a credit card And i think the interoperability point is a big point you know the fact that any other company can build a wallet or another game that's instantly compatible with your game because it's on the same kind of lightning protocol is i think is something that a lot of people miss but to try and add like a third use case about lightning so we've got micro payments we've got interoperability uh, maybe it's a boring one but Actually, no, I've got two ones. I guess one is scaling, but that's a given really, just the fact that, you know, when I was making my first game in 2015, I, I kind of, I should have been a big blocker in a way, you know, the fact that the, the, the scaling was hurting my business. But in, in fact, it, actually, it made me realize that if my one game does this many transactions just that's just me you know we really need a better scaling solution and the idea that you know not every single payment has to be you know tiny fraction of a payment has to be recorded on this ledger for you know for all of time i think obviously is where lightning kind of shines i suppose also i want to be careful how i word this but i wouldn't say reckless but the fact that i feel that lightning can kind of because your interactions are between peers, Alice and Bob, instead of Alice and Bob and everybody else on the network, it gives us the ability to, to iterate with new features a lot quicker. Obviously, with Bitcoin, you know, we're wait, waiting forever for things like root to be added. And that's, that's understood. That's a good thing. So with Lightning, now we've kind of Alice and Bob want to try out a new thing in a Lightning channel. They can do so without, having, without injuring the whole network I think that's also kind of exciting, the speed that we'll be able to kind of iterate and experiment with with new features, which we're kind of already seeing a little bit with like things like LN, URL spec. And I know the Zebedee, we're kind of experimenting with with them kind of new kind of protocol to kind of stream payments and things like this. So I think that's exciting, the kind of the, the speed that we can kind of innovate now.
3: Yeah, I mean, over the past 12 months, I mean, even just outside gaming, the amount of like application layer stuff, development we've seen, like we would, We've only got that because of Lightning.
1: Yeah, we can kind of move this fast without breaking the whole network accidentally like other chains. Do. Fingers We're- crossed. <laughs> the thing is, obviously, yeah, there's going to be something that obviously is going to happen, but, you know, hopefully a lot less and a lot less of it. I've jinxed it now, haven't I?
0: So, okay, well, you know, obviously you guys are very, very early adopters of the Lightning network, and, you know, the the network itself is still very much in its, like, infancy, right? let's talk about like a world where the lightning network is starting to really become like a dominant place for clearing Bitcoin transactions and you know let's just say the majority of, of Bitcoin transactions are happening on the lightning la- layer or network rather than directly on chain like today what does that kind of like of a network or world where lightning is a lot more robust and fleshed out what does that mean for the potential of Zebedee in, in gaming in general
3: yeah I mean it, it just means that we can do more I guess <laughs> I don't I don't really- have, Yeah, I mean, it just means that you, you, we can just grow and scale in the way that we're doing at the moment. I mean, at the moment, like, honestly, we don't see any limitations with the Lightning Network for, for our particular growth. I mean, right now, it's, you know, we can do stuff on chain, and we can do stuff custodial, and then we can do stuff on the Lightning Network when needed. Like the way that we're constructing our business, I don't even see now like a lot of a lot of limitations. You know, I think like in a world where you need to like where all commerce is happening on the Lightning Network, then you need to think about the the structure of the whole network and are you going to be able to route payments. But for simple business models like us, where we're usually connected to you know one one hop away from our customers or you know other businesses that we're related to, it's actually fairly easy um, to, you know, manage channels and and liquidity at that point. So I don't, I don't really see any great problems. And like, you know, Lightning Labs are coming up with some, you know, awesome solutions for when it does start to be a problem. So I'm not particularly worried about the development, but that wasn't your question, was it? It's like, what's the world look like? Kind of what it looks like now, but just a lot better, you know?
0: (laughs) Okay, for sure. And maybe that was a little too cosmic of a question. Do either Des or Christian, do either of you guys kind of Have any thoughts here or should we jump to the next one?
2: Well, I mean, I will will add that, you know, I mean, obviously at um, Lightning Labs, we're building these products that, you know, we hope that can make it easier to, you know, run your routing node or run your business on Lightning. So, you know, putting products out there like Loop and, you know, recently... Cool, which is our non-custodial peer, peer-to-peer marketplace for selling and accessing liquidity, you know, where we you're putting these products out there to make lightning easier to use. So like, you know, hearing things like Simon says, like as, more and more people on board to the Lightning Network. Hopefully, like, the tools that we're putting out can help, you know, people manage. I mean, do you remember, um, like, the the Lightning Torx? Like, that was such a thing, like, where people couldn't, like, struggled so much with inbound. I mean, that was forever ago. And now we have solutions like Loop and, you know, now Pool, and you can, can rent inbound liquidity and whatnot. So, you know, I think, like, you know, obviously, like, network reliability at some point, we can start pushing up against kind of the, some of those constraints, but that's something that is obviously like improving as we go. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to hear people say that, like, really the sky's the limit.
1: I, I guess as the engineer here, I kind of see loads of problems, but that's kind of <laughs> my brain works, right? You know, I guess like kind of two thoughts. One thing I think that, you know, we're still a long way off from like seeing something like one person, one channel, right? Everybody always gets a channel. I guess like my assumption would be that the Lightning network evolves into a way where you still it's non-custodial, but you don't necessarily have a channel in a the way that's like these kind of shared factories and things like this. But I guess like Lalu or somebody is very good to talk about that. So I kind of see big technical changes that will be needed you know, in order to onboard everybody to Lightning in a non-custodial way. And I'm not saying that everybody has to be non-custodial, but I think it's important that kind of everybody could be if they wanted to, and that makes sense. Another thing I see is also just like interesting, like is lightning going to become the de facto way to like, use Bitcoin? Like in a few years time, you know, nobody would know what a Bitcoin address is. Like what do you mean the addresses you play with Bitcoin with invoices, right? You know, in the moment we kind of, I think lightning is still very, very small. Like most people probably heard about Bitcoin, but people who know about lightning is very, very small. How will that change? Will it just be that, you know, most people know about lightning and, a lot of people have never really used Bitcoin, but they have used Bitcoin through Lightning. I think that's the way it kind of has to be. But to kind of let most most people play games, it has to be through Lightning. So that'll be interesting to kind of s- to see that evolve. And like at that point, do we call it Lightning or do we just call it Bitcoin? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of I think that's going to be interesting to see. Like you can't really dictate which one it's going to be. The, I guess the community and you know will decide for itself what terminology it wants to use. But that's kind of a thing that I have at the moment, you know, do I just say I'm making Bitcoin games or do I say I'm making Lightning games? Or well, I should say I'm making Bitcoin games, you know, but then if I say I'm making Bitcoin games, then people say, well, how, how does that work with fees? Like, no, I'm actually making Lightning games, you know. So it's kind of, it's a little bit, I think a little bit kind of early stage in, in that kind of respect. Yeah,
2: what is it? I always say Bitcoin and Lightning gaming. And it's like, people are like, well, why do you say both? And
1: I'm like, okay. we should well, just go Bitcoin and kind of like, this is going to be like a short-term kind of hump where it's confusing, where people have these kind of early assumptions about Bitcoin, but I think we just stick with Bitcoin as kind of the cutting edge version of Bitcoin. I don't know the lightning. That's that's how I feel about it at the moment. Anyway, it causes confusion, I suppose.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Bitcoiners make the distinction. And like you're saying in the future, especially as lightning network becomes more ubiquitous, not Bitcoiners probably won't think of it as distinctly and it's just gonna be I'm making Bitcoin on this game, right? So I, I do wanna talk about Mint Gox a little bit. We've gone almost an hour and we haven't <laughs> talked about Mint Gox at all. We've talked around Mint Gox. But I guess, Simon, why don't you kind of introduce us to like you know what is Mint Gox? You know, how are all three of you guys kind of working together to put on Mint Gox and what's the objective of your weekly, monthly streams that you guys put out?
3: Yeah, I mean the, the Genesis was really Spot by lockdown back in March when you know the conferences were cancelled. Then we're like, you know, how do we get like we were going to go around conferences and like you know demo the games that we were we were doing, and then we're like, well, we can't do that. But then we're like, should we like try and host our own esports tournaments? Because you know, because they're games, you can play them online, and that's you know, it's virtual games, virtual currency. That's the best place to do it, surely. So we we kind of like batted the idea around and then I can't even really remember how it all got started or even like, I think we are just chatting with Des about the games and stuff anyway and she was like, enthusiastic about it. So that was we just kind of did one as an experiment, not really expecting much from it. But we got I think even on the first one, I think that was when Bitstamp were really interested as well. And they and they kind of gave some sponsorship and Bitbank were involved. And we had this this Street Fighter game that Chris developed and they we had the exchanges fighting each other. Pretty cool. And then it it just kind of took off from there. Like people liked it. Like, you know, it's much better to play to play games and send bitcoin like when everyone's doing it virtually that's the whole point and so then suddenly you just have like you know sats flying around people interacting chatting like different mediums and then we you know thunder games did their mobile games tournament so you, it was just like the idea of having virtual events that weren't just zoom calls which everyone else was doing and it was just like you know people actually doing activities and we started out with like we had like interviews and things like in vr and we just like to cut some of those out because, like, you know, people don't want to see people talking to each other in these events. So it's like, how do, you, how do you get hundreds of people interacting together rather than just watching something? And it turned out to be pretty fun. And then, I mean, I think like, Chris has had some really good concepts of, like, how you start to evolve this with, like, you know, the, the streamers and the viewers uh, interacting with the games, which is the really, like... More exciting thing, I, I think, about the, the experimentation we're doing. So now we really we've created this ecosystem of people that want to help us experiment and evolve. It's like a real life human science project. It's really, it's really cool. But yeah, anyway, that's that, that's how it got going. And like, it's yeah, it's just kind of like taking a life form as it own. Like people, because we made it kind of a, a community event, like people just started wanting to join and, and help out, and were really enthusiastic about it. So it's really organic, which is what I love about it.
0: Awesome. Christian, I know that you, you're doing a lot of the the building, especially of the the VR world and the games and stuff like that. Do you kind of want to like talk about that development and you know what's coming up next? With uh, is it is it Mincox number nine or n- number ten coming up next? Nine, number nine,
1: yeah, yeah. Kind of actually, my role as Zebedee was to kind of be the guy who comes up with like these new cool game concepts, and I could, so we kind of built. Actually, my my first games were I, I did for two, Bitcoin 2019, as
0: per yeah. your
1: T-shirt. 2020, 2020
0: so, yeah, unfortunately,
1: we were going to showcase them at, at 2020. So, I guess for the viewers, I won a lightning gaming hackathon at Bitcoin 2019 yeah, and made go. some other contests, and that kind of helped form Zebedee. So, then it kind of we continued to make these games. Yeah, that's where, that's where Chris and I met at Bitcoin yeah. 2019.
0: And yeah, yeah, that's another company formed at the conference. I'm, I'm taking notes here. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, we we had this funny thing where I'd followed Chris since, like, 2014 as Mandel Duck with his Saratobi game that I played and, like, you know, stacked sats in the early days, I guess. And then we we agreed to meet up. Like, I DM'd him on Twitter and, like, I'd prepped to, like, meet this, like, you know, Japanese developer. I was wondering, oh, are we going to have, like, a language barrier? Are we going to struggle? And then, and then Chris walks into the lobby and we're like, oh, you're and he's like, he grew up, like, you know, in a town not too far from me in the north of England. And we're just like, oh, right, okay.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so we kind of These games, we had like iterated on them and and we were going to showcase them at Bitcoin 2020 and a bunch of other conferences. Anyway, I kind of think it's kind of not a good thing it happened, but there's a, a silver lining that with Mint Gox, we're actually able to reach a lot more people, right? And like people don't have to buy a plane ticket and take time off work and travel to, you know, San Francisco, for example. Anybody, it's so accessible. Yeah, so we actually kind of, like I said, Mint Gox internally, we say it's been like, you know, six well eight, nine months long, hackathon it feels like you have kind of we're kind of building it as we're going you know so the product is evolving but specifically yeah I kind of my idea is that I just it's a great kind of sandbox to start to experiment with kind of what kind of works in like an online esports with lightning and what we've kind of found that works is that we kind of have this main esports competition at every Mint gox, which has mainly focused around a game I developed, which is basically Mario Kart, but with Bitcoin. We call it Bitcoin Rally. And the idea is that people can qualify and then they can compete in a race. And as they're racing around the track, they can collect coins, as you do in Mario Kart. However, these coins are worth 10 sats each. So, and the coins can also be used as ammunition to kind of hit other players. So it's kind of an interesting incentive, right? You know, do you kind of hold on to these coins and cash out at the end, or do you kind of spend your coins to, uh, you know, to kind of slow down other people? And then we also have kind of larger prizes for people who place first, second, and third. You know, so if you win, you know, we might give you like 500,000 sats or something like that. So that's kind of one aspect of it. But we're also kind of experimenting with giving the audience a little bit of interaction the audience who, who watch the live stream of the race they can also pay a few sats to drop power-ups in that the players can pick up you know so in a way it kind of it makes it a lot more fun for the audience so now they can interact you know and we're also um, experimenting with a function where the game can also send the audience sats out you know so for example if a player kind of you know hits like a power-up dropped by a sponsor you know say something like bit refill then everybody who's watching can get like a few stats sent to them. So we're really trying to, I'm trying to kind of break the kind of the the fourth wall, the fifth wall, some wall between the players and the game. And I think that's, you know, something you couldn't really have done really through, like you could have done it without lightning, but then everybody would have to kind of sign up for an account with this payment processor. But now anybody can just go to mcgox.com get any lightning wallet, no sign up required. Oh, just kind of watch the game, get some stats sent to them, send stats to them. It's really kind of exciting and kind of um, interesting.
0: So I want to go over to Des. I know that you, you're pushing Mint Gox a lot from like the marketing perspective and organizing and stuff like that. I know you guys have expanded from just doing them in English on Sundays to all around the world at different time zones. Can you t- kind of talk about you know going you know beyond just the the you know english speaking bitcoin or community and and reaching a little bit wider
2: yeah i mean i think it's you know like i think chris had, like kind of touched on it where you know doing this online and being virtual kind of opens the door to bringing more folks to to the table i mean good like conferences like like so many of them are not accessible just because it's like you know, they're wherever in the world, it costs money, you know, it takes time, like nobody, not everybody wants to fly around the world. And, you know, just to attend like one conference, and there's so many conferences to go to. So it's like, you know, this kind of levels the playing field where we can start bringing in people from different areas. Like even at the lightning conference last year, it was like, you know, we did our best to like have scholarships to bring more people in. But you know, I think this like I said, just brings way more people to the table. So yeah, we did, we did an Asian time zone focused one, which is actually like much more successful than I had anticipated. You know, we do like this cool poyo feed integration. And that was like a hit with that audience. So you know, folks can like feed the chickens directly on the McGox dashboard. I mean, so it's like, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, you're watching the stream, you get a little bored, just pull up poyo feed and, and stream some sets and feed those chickens. So that was pretty cool. You know, we're going to start exploring with, you know, some more Latin American markets and really just kind of opening, opening up the platform to more and more folks. So I think there's a lot of kind of potential there. And you know we just want to grow the event general over the next year. Um, you know, we're getting so much Interest in this, it's like I feel like Chris can't like manage, like oh everybody wants to play Bitcoin Rally and everybody wants to race. You know, he started hosting qualifiers, you know, with other events like Late Night and Bitcoin Bounty Hunt. You know, we want to start like incorporating these games on a more regular basis, so it's not just like a monthly event. Like we'll have smaller events in between to keep people engaged and you know give people the opportunity to play games. And so we're going to create like a more kind of frequent cycle between the events. So yeah, we're really excited to play around with it and build that out. And you know, we are experimenting with like cool stuff around kind of advertising models or sponsorship models. Like, you know, with bit with Bitrefill, we have this awesome Bitrefill station, you know, and Chris mentioned you can like kind of drive through it and earn some stats and you gotta decide like do you throw the at players or do you stack them? And you know, we're kind of trying to drive like this like circular sponsorship flow where you know sponsors are paying for billboards or whatever in the ad or in the games and then hopefully you know those players are earning sats or even audience mem- members are earning sats and like going back and you know spending those sats at that sponsor so we're really experimenting with some interesting things like that so yeah i mean people are watching and are interested in like Kind of collaborating and partnering on the sponsorship, like definitely reach out. We'd really love to have folks involved.
0: Awesome, awesome. And I mean, for me, I've just been watching you guys expand. It's really, it's really cool to like hear the success in Asia, hear the success. You know, the needing to get more qualifiers, and I'm excited to see when's that big indie developer that's gonna jump in and start enabling Sats within their game. I, I would be very excited to kind of see the shock on some people's faces when they learn that they can earn bitcoin or interact with bitcoin on a game that they find to be familiar guys we're kind of getting to the end of the conversation i want to give you all a chance to give us a last word and then plug where people can learn more about yourselves and your companies and mint gox let's go to you simon give us your last word and plug yourself i would
3: say just come in come and join us. You know, just go to mintgox.com. You can, you know, we've we've just launched the, the Zevity gaming wallet, which is a pretty cool way to interact with the games. And you get some free stats when you download it so you can kind of get, get going from the from the get go. But then yeah, just just getting get involved and uh you know start shooting some noobs for stats, I'd
0: say. Awesome. Let's go to you Christian and then uh, we'll close it out with Desiree.
1: Yeah I would say if there's any game developers out there, like even just kind of small Hobbyists, like, and you're interested in kind of experimenting with Lightning in your games, definitely check me out. Hit me up on Twitter or hit me up and Mandleduck on Twitter or Zebedee on Twitter. We have like a fun Discord group where you can join and we kind of chat about game concepts and we can help you with like the Zebedee. We actually, we should have said this, we actually make a gaming API and SDK to help game developers add Lightning to the game easily without having to worry about all the node and all the complicated, you know, running a node and all this stuff. So if there's any developers out there, definitely get in touch. with uh, would love to work with you.
2: Awesome. I mean, I can't encourage people enough to check out Um Our next event is actually next weekend on the 29th at 2 PM Eastern time. So definitely head on over there um, for kind of like up-to-date information. Definitely join our discord um, you can follow us on Twitter at mcgox.com. The Discord link is on there. Uh, feel free to DM me. Um, I can send you all the details as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, join us. Like, that's that's the bottom line. Just come earn some stats. Like, you have to do very little, and it's a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. All right, well, the three of you guys always appreciate chatting and always appreciate learning a little bit more about Lightning and gaming I personally am excited to be a part of Mint Gox number nine. We'll be streaming it over here at Bitcoin Magazine, and I'll be uh, tuning in and dropping some stats on the racers. So if you haven't checked out Mint Gox yet, make sure to do that. Make sure to check out Bitcoin Magazine and Bitcoin Magazine YouTube. Give us a subscribe. Give us those five stars, all the above. Make sure to share and follow all three of these fantastic Bitcoiners. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. And thank you so much for these three again for coming on to the show.
2: Awesome. Thank Thank you. Yeah, thank
0: you. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.